Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on ACAST. I'm Jolie Care, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. My weekly cleaning advice column, Ask a Clean Person, appears on Esquire.com, and you should send your questions about cleaning or anything else, really, to JolieCare at gmail.com. In a first for Ask a Clean Person, the podcast, I'm all by my lonesome today, as my partner in grime, Dave Lozo, is off this week. This will probably be very awkward because, wow, uh, as much as I like to talk to myself in everyday life, it's a little weird to talk to myself in the podcast studio, but I will push on. If you think this is as weird as I think it's going to be, please let me know. I'm already stumbling on words. I can't even, I can't even talk to myself coherently. That's so sad. Uh, all right. So before I get into what is surely going to be an incredibly awkward and weird episode, because it's just me talking to myself, uh, I want to remind you that we offer bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool rewards to our premium subscribers. If you would like to help underwrite our show by becoming an Ask a Clean Person, the podcast patron, that's such a mouthful. Every week I think it's going to get better and it doesn't. Uh, go to patreon.com slash person to check out all the packages we're offering and select the level of giving that's right for you. Your support helps us so much, so much, you guys, so much. We are so grateful. And we would love to hear from you if there are rewards you'd like us to consider making available. And this week, we have a few new patrons to thank. So big, big clean person thank yous go to Holly, Kimberly Dabo, and Laura Weigold. Once again, it's all women. Men, I know you're out there. Maybe you're mad because every week I note that you make more money than the women do, and yet you're not giving. So I will not note that. Just work it in a little bit. Uh, but we'd like to hear from the men. The, the bonus episodes are actually probably more like geared towards what man, men might want because they're not about cleaning at all for the most part. Like last, the last bonus episode we did was gym rants about terrible gym behavior, uh, which we thought was fitting for our final bonus episode of 2016 because, of course, now here we are in January of 2017 and you're all at the gym probably behaving very badly. And we wanted to rant about that. If you are at the gym, good for you. I hope that you are still at the gym in February. Even more so, I hope you're still at the gym in March, June, July, December, etc. Good luck with that. Uh, all right. In terms of thank yous, there's, there's actually one big thank you, but I'm going to say that until Dave gets back. Dave, Dave will get back. Uh, I did not fire Dave, even though I know some of you were hoping that I would. I didn't. And this is already feeling so awkward that I'm very glad that I didn't because I really like having Dave here. 
Um, all right, so we have uh, some questions about making a fresh start in the new year, which is the theme of today's episode. Uh, oh, also, I want to say this. Oh, this is so delightful, and it appeals so much to my my sense of symmetry that this episode is episode number fifty, and I love that episode number fifty is the first episode of a new year. Just feels really tidy. And I like that so much. Um, I also can't believe that I've done 50 of these things. It's kind of crazy. And I can't believe that this is the first time I'm doing one of my own. And that I'm so bad at it. I should be better at it. But it's weird to talk to yourself. Anyway, I'm going to press on. Fortunately, I have uh, some good listener questions that came in. Um, I want to note that they came in two days apart right before Christmas and Hanukkah. Um, which I mention because not only are they kind of similar questions, but there's one element in both questions that's the same, that's just kind of an odd little coincidence. And I always love those odd coincidences that that crop up in the questions that people send to me. So um, we're going to start out with those. That Those two questions are taking the theme of a fresh new year extremely literally, which of course I love because I'm a pretty literal person. Um, in the second segment, we're going to take on the theme of a fresh new year in a, in a more, um, like, in a, in a broader, more global sense. Um, but first, we're going to start with being extremely literal because that makes me feel comfortable um, with the first question from Linda. So Linda writes... I was listening to you on fresh air in the car when you talked about eliminating that musty smell in towels. It had to do with soap residue in the towels. I bought your book, and she adds in parentheses, which I love, uh, which I left in only because I didn't want you guys to think that Linda was being mean to me uh, with this next part. Um, So she said, I bought your book, which I love, thinking that it would be in the book. But alas, it isn't. And recently I've been noticing a musty odor in some of my towels. So I need help. Cheers, Linda. Uh, So I love that Linda is one of my fresh air people. I still, I recorded the interview with Terry Gross for Fresh Air in the summer of 2014. So two and a half years ago now. And I still get emails from people saying, I heard you on Fresh Air. I've got a question for you. It's amazing to me how enduring that one interview has been for me. And it's also been the thing, like I, I basically owe Terry Gross my life. I would offer her a, a, a child of mine, but I don't have any of those to offer her. And I, I don't think Terry Gross would want a child. I, don't, I definitely don't think she'd want one of mine. Terry had a hard time coping with me, so I can't imagine a tiny Jolie doing very well with Terry. But anyway, I I digress. Uh, I owe Terry my life because the interview that I did with her um, was the thing that propelled my book onto the New York Times bestseller list. And that's, you know, obviously a huge major accomplishment. And so I owe Terry my life. And also because I keep getting questions from people who heard me on that, which is really great. I love hearing from you guys. So anyway, let us talk about the problem of smelly towels and the solution to smelly towels Um, and hope that none of you will start your new year off with smelly towels. And if you do, that you will fix them straight away because having smelly towels is no way to go through life and things are already bad enough. 
Um, okay, so Linda touched on a little bit of why the musty smell happens. So, but let me go through. She is right. It does have to do with soap residue. It has to do with a few other little things too, but mostly it's the soap residue. So why it happens? It happens because of product buildup. It happens basically because you're using too much detergent and possibly because you're using too much fabric softener as well. Let's start with the detergent thing. It is very easy and very natural to use too much detergent in your wash. Probably most of you listening who do your own laundry rather than sending it out are using too much detergent. Using those little packs or pods is one very good way to cut down on the overdosing of detergent. It is incredibly easy, especially with liquid. Uh, it was also true of, of the use of powder to use too much. Use your fill lines. Pay attention to the size of your load. Uh, <laughs> I wish Dave was here for that. Uh, so I didn't have to be the only juvenile one laughing at the size of your load reference. Um, and all of that good stuff so that you don't end up with excess soap sitting in your towels, your clothes, your bed linens, and so on and so forth. When you're talking about excess soap left behind in clothes and bed linens, you're going to end up with issues around skin sensitivity, which is also true of your towels. But with your towels, you're going to end up with one other bigger problem, and that's that musty sort of mildewy scent. And here is why that happens. Brace yourself because it's going to get a little gross here. So what happens is you pull the towels out of the dryer. They smell great. They smell clean. They don't smell mildewy. You think there is no problem. You use the fresh towel. You hang it up. You go to use it a second time because most people use their towel more than once. And you notice that this mildew smell has come back. The reason that it's happened is because when you got the towel wet, and you dried yourself off with it, you basically reactivated the mildew that's living inside that has been feeding on the soap and the moisture in your towel. So that is what's causing the mildew smell, is that you, you basically are creating uh, like a buffet for the mildew to feed on between the soap, which is their food, and the moisture, the water that from, your, from toweling yourself off. And that's, and that's the problem of the, of the product buildup in towels. So the way to triage that is to take all of the musty towels and run them through the wash with no detergent. It is going to feel very hard for you to do that. It may feel like they're not clean. If they're dirty towels, wash them once and then wash them again in a no detergent wash if you feel like, like I've got to get these clean. Um, sending them through the wash with no detergent in them um, is going to let the, wa the wash cycle rinse out all of that buildup that's, ha that's hanging around in there. The other thing that you should add to the wash, which is going to address the, the smell issue, is you should add one cup of white vinegar. And just go in and put that in in the, in the detergent compartment, um, or if you're using a top loader, just pour it right into the machine. Um, that white vinegar is going to nuke all of the mildew smell, and it's going to come out. When the, when the towels come out of the washer, they may smell faintly of white vinegar. Like, you may get a whiff of it. By the time they go through the dryer, that vinegar smell is going to dissipate. So don't worry about that at all. 
All right. Now, going forward, since the culprit here is the use of too much detergent, going forward, really, really try not to overdose on your detergent. It's also probably a good idea to skip liquid fabric softener. That also really lends itself to product buildup. It's also a good idea not to use dryer sheets on your towels. What happens with fabric softener, whether it's liquid fabric softener or it's a dryer sheet fabric softener, is that it leaves a coating behind on your towels. And, and you've heard me talk about this coating before because you've heard me talk about why you shouldn't use fabric softener with your athleisure and your gym clothes, that it leaves a, a coating behind that, that renders the fabric a little bit less um, penetrable by water. So the same thing happens with your towels, and the result on your, on your towels is that they're less absorbent. And of course, the, the whole job of a towel is to be absorbent. So you actually, technically speaking, should not use any kind of fabric softener on towels at all. That, that's one of the rules. Uh, a lot of people do because they prefer how it feels, and that's okay. Just use a, a quarter dose or a half dose. Uh, be aware of it. And you're, if you're continuing to have these problems with the mildew smell, cut back on the fabric softener because that's, that's really lending itself to the problem. So there you go. Easy peasy. The simple solution is put the towels in the wash, no detergent, cup of vinegar. You'll be A-okay. That's going to get rid of the musty smell. Uh, all right, so now we are moving on to our next question, which is from Steve. And this question is uh, similar in nature, and you, you will certainly already, you'll notice the part with uh, the, the exact same thing from the, the first question. Okay, so Steve writes, Hi, Jolie. I first heard you on Terry Gross, and I immediately identified with you. See, this is crazy. I get so many of these Terry Gross emails, and these two came in. So Linda's came first. Linda's came in on December 21st, and Steve's came in on December 23rd. So it's like these aren't old emails that I've been hanging on to. These really all happened. Okay. So Steve, so I immediately identified with you. One of my people. I love hearing from my people. He continues, my dad owned a janitorial company when I was growing up in Connecticut, and I always felt I knew how to clean until I read your book. Here is my question. I have a Bosch front-loading washing machine, and it smells bad. I blame my husband, but that's another story, which, as an aside, I would, I would like to hear that story. I would also like to hear the story behind this next part of his email, because I am intrigued. Steve continues, I was living in Mexico for a year on a Fulbright studying Mexican wrestlers. <laughs> I need to know Steve. And maybe I will know Steve because he, he, he lives not too far from me. Um, all right. So uh, Steve continues. He, meaning the husband, was left alone with the wash and never once wiped up after washing. What do I do? I have black gook in the rubber gasket and a bad mildew smell. Thanks. Stinky in Brooklyn, a.k.a. Steve. Uh, so listen, Steve, Steve in Brooklyn, give me a shout. I want to buy you a beer and hear all about uh, what it was like living in Mexico for a year on a Fulbright studying Mexican wrestlers. That sounds fascinating. I also can't believe that this question didn't come to me when I was still at Deadspin because then I, they wouldn't have yelled at me to stick to sports. I've been like, I'm sticking to sports. Sticking to sports is the problem. If, if Steve had, had not stuck to sports, he, he wouldn't be having this gasket issue. All right, so listen, let's, let's talk about why this happened because the, the fix is actually super, super easy and preventing it is easy. It's not super easy because you have to do something. Um, like you can't just wave a, a magic wand. But it's pretty easy. Um, 
But the reason it happens is actually something that people should know about, especially if you own or are about to purchase an HE washing machine. So HE washing machines are the high-efficiency washing machines. What that essentially means in practical terms for us is that they, they use low water. And the use of low water leads to a couple of unique problems. The biggest issue is that it can leave behind a lot of soap residue. And just like with the towels, soap residue and, and moisture, water, that are left behind in a machine will eventually lend themselves to the development of mildew. Same reason as a towel, because it's, it's food and drink. So in order to prevent this from happening or cut back on how frequently the smell or the actual gook develops, uh, here are a few best practices for using your HE washing machines. So the first is uh, to, to clean the gasket out regularly. So Steve said, you know, he was like, my husband just didn't, for a year, just didn't clean it out. Uh, you should clean the gasket. Oh, for people who don't know, the gasket on, on a washing machine means that rubber lip, that, that seal around the front, the round front door. Um, I always, for some reason, think of gaskets as being like a, a nut or a bolt, but they're not. It's that rubber seal. Anyway, I don't know. Somehow in my mind, I, I think a gasket is something else. Um, so clean it regularly, which we're going to talk about how to clean it. Don't overuse detergent. Again, just like with the towels, like the overuse of detergent is really such a bad thing. And But particularly with an HE machine, what's going to end up happening is that there's going to be excess soap residue left in the machine itself because you used too much and the rinse cycle couldn't clear it all away and it's allotted time. Um, and then... There's soap left behind, and it, it is delicious for mildew, apparently. Another big thing that's important to do is to leave the door of HE machines slightly ajar in between washings. That's just going to let air circulate in there, let the moisture dry. Um, again, it's not going to solve the soap issue, but if you take the mildew's drink source away, the mildew will be cranky and may go find another home, just like... If you were to take my wine away from me, I would leave your house and go find someone else's house where I can have wine. So I'm just like mildew is what I'm trying to tell you. I like a good drink. Uh, of course, I'm saying that in, in January when there's, there's no drinking at all. Hmm. That's, a, that's another story for another day. Um, and then the last thing, and this is related to... Um, to the, to the sort of issue of, of overusing detergent is make sure you use the right products. Make sure you're using um, detergent and liquid fabric softener if you use it that's HE compatible. Be really careful about your labels. A lot of times regular laundry detergent will say, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't write down the exact terms, but a lot of times they'll say like HE instead of HE compatible and the, that the first one is like not actually HE compatible. So be careful with that. If you're having consistent problems, make sure to check that you're using a detergent that's safe for HE machines. Um, okay, 
So now let's talk about how to clean the actual gasket. This is is easy. It's it's gonna be a little bit gross. Like it's gonna be grotty. It's just gonna happen because you're talking about gook. Um, But basically all you wanna do is you wanna get into the gasket. If you wanna put gloves on for this, by all means, knock yourself out. Um, With a like a, a rag is perfect for this job actually that you've dipped into white vinegar and wrung out and you just want to go over the gasket and over the gasket and over the gasket with white vinegar on a rag um, until all the gook is gone and the white vinegar is going to kill the mildew. You can use bleach for this operation. I just don't suggest it because it's so easy to leave bleach residue behind and then forget that you did that and the next load of clothes that you do are your darks and everything comes out with little bleach splatters on it. So that's why I don't recommend bleach for this operation, but certainly it will work. It's actually excellent for this operation, except that there are side effects. So just be warned, but if you're like, but I love bleach and this is the only way, go go for it. Just know that there are some risks that you're taking. you could also use uh, an, a mildew eliminating product. Um, um, be again, be aware that a lot of these have bleach in them, so you want to you want to be careful of that. Um, there's one m- like mildew and mold eliminating product that I really love. I've talked about it before. It's called X14. Um, it smells like hell, so you probably want to use like it, use it in a ventilated area. But it works really, really well. So you could certainly use that if you if you're like if you're like vinegar just doesn't seem like boss enough for me, then use the X14 because trust that's a boss cleaning product. And I use that in my real life. So that's like not only Jolie approved but Jolie used. I guess that's a terrible term. Okay, um, and then so when you're done cleaning your gasket out, dry it really well. When you're thinking about sort of your regular maintenance of your machine, which we're going to talk about in a second, it's not a bad idea to leave an old rag near your washing machine. And after you're going to hate me for this, don't hate me for this. It'll become an easy habit that you won't think about after a while. After every wash grab the dry rag and just dry the gasket off because that's going to prevent it. Then you'll never have any problems if you do that. I, it's, one, it's an extra step, but it's an extra, what, 15-second step? Not so bad. Um, I will also say that I know that I probably could never have an HE machine in my home because the idea of leaving the door ajar makes me want to, like, curl up and die like having any open doors or drawers or anything like that, just oh, so wrong. Um, so if I had an HE machine, I would dry it out after every use so that I could close the door. So there you go. Um, all right, here is another suggestion. Because HE machines are a little on the temperamental side, it's not a bad idea to regularly clean it. So maybe like once a month, once every other month, once a quarter or something like that. Just do a, do a clean. Um, and here is how you're going to do that. Uh, you can get a, a washing machine cleaner. They make like Tide makes them, Carbona makes them, and you just follow the directions. It's basically like a powder that you put in the machine. You run the machine on an empty load and it cleans it out. You can do the exact same thing by running an empty cycle with either bleach, which I don't recommend for all the reasons that I just went through, um, white vinegar or baking soda. 
don't combine them in any in any way. Uh, we pick one of the three. Um, if you want to run regular cleaning cycles but are worried about kind of the waste factor, that is a very good time for you to run uh, rags, shower curtain liners, all that stuff uh, through the washing machine. And do, your, and do your rinse at the same time, or your cleaning out at the same time. If there are compartments on the machine that are removable, take those out and just clean them, like clean them in the kitchen sink the way that you would dishes. Um, if they're not removable and you're noticing that there's a lot of sort of gunk buildup in them, just grab an, an old toothbrush and kind of get in there and, and, and scrub it all away. And that'll be pretty easy. So there, there are some, you know, basic HE washing machine maintenance tips. They, they are, you know, as I said, they're just a little bit more temperamental. But on the other hand, they have a lot of benefits to them, too, in that, you know, they're not using as much water and electricity and all that good stuff. So on that note, this is a good time for, for me. I was going to say us. It's literally just me and the voices in my head. Uh, this is a good time for me to take a quick break. I will be right back with more about making a fresh start in the new year. This is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Kerr. I've been talking about fresh starts, quite, quite literal fresh starts, because I, I want you guys to have fresh smelling towels and fresh smelling washing machines. Um, I'm still so, so tickled by Stinky in Brooklyn, a.k.a. Steve and Mexican wrestling. I really want to know more about this. Also, how can I get a Fulbright scholarship to go to some foreign country and, and study some obscure subject? Right? I should... I should do that. If if you guys have suggestions of where I should go and what I should study, please make them. Email me at joliecare@gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at joliecare on on Twitter. Uh, I I would really I would really like to hear that. I bet you guys can come up with some good ones. Um, they don't necessarily have to be cleaning related. Although I'd be curious, like what what cleaning rituals should I go and explore? There are there are a lot of them. There are a lot of culturally based cleaning rituals out there. One day when I'm feeling very scholarly, I'll, I'll do some, some deep dive research and maybe devote a bonus episode to some, some of the more curious ones I find out there. All right, but, but that's not what we are here to do in this second segment. In this segment, se- second segment, we are going to talk about fresh starts in, in a sort of more philosophical way. I have a question from Katie that is one, it's, a, it's one of a type that I get all the time. And basically, I categorize this question is, as how, how do I become a clean person, right? I get iterations of the how, how do I become a clean person question all the time. Um, and I, I always start by throwing a question back at the person who asks and say, do you really want to become a clean person? Because really, the way that you become a clean person and it's in this, the simplest form of the answer I can give is that you, that you want to become a clean person. And then you take steps towards achieving that. And I can help you with the steps, but I can't help you with the drive. You have to supply that on your own. So you, either, you, either you want it 
and you want it bad enough to make changes to your to your daily habit, literally to your daily habits, especially with cleaning. We're talking very much about daily daily habit proposition. Um, and there has to be some reward in it for you. So so think about why you want this for yourself. And you don't have to want it, right? So I, I feel like I talk about that a lot on the show um, when I say things like, you don't have to do anything. Like if I, we talked about this a lot when we went to the toilet cleaning episode, which was such a fun episode. Oh, and I got a really obnoxious piece of feedback. So I have to remember to read that on a future bonus episode. Um, that I can tell you all the reasons why you might want to say clean a toilet in a certain way. But after listening to all of the reasons, if you're not moved by any of them, then the, then the answer is you don't really care about having a clean toilet, and that's okay. I mean, re- really, I, it's it's a, we don't all have to care about the same things. We don't all have to want the same things. I don't I don't want a lot of the same things out of my life that are sort of standard societal expectations, and I'm okay. With, mostly okay with it. I you know I'm a, I'm a human, so I struggle with things. Um, but you know that's that's all right. Okay, so let me get into Katie's question because it was a really good one. Um, So she writes, Hi, Jolie. My boyfriend and I are aspirational but lazy clean people. We let messes pile up, lose our minds, and spend all day cleaning it just to dirty it again in a week. I say to myself every time, I will clean a little bit regularly so it doesn't pile up. But then I'm tired from working out. Or, OMG, there are so many dishes. Or video games. Also, I'm not sure what order to do things in or how often you should vacuum or, say, clean the bathroom. Rocking it quarterly now. Not going to say how often I change my sheets. Can you suggest a full-on cleaning schedule in order to avoid pileups? So I, I can with, with a lot of caveats. Um, but before I do that, I want to talk about kind of the the negative thinking that you need to address before you can become a successful person who cleans on a schedule. Um, so, so one of the things that, um, that Katie said in her, in her email is she said, like, oh, my God, there are so many dishes. So that's, that's normal. It's normal to look at a sink full of dishes and go, oh, my God, there's so many dishes I just throw my hands up. I don't want to deal. When you feel that way, take a second and consider the actual time commitment involved. Because what that huge pile looks like in terms of a task is actually, in reality, probably only about 10 minutes worth of cleaning. I would also suggest that as, as you're trying to make this mental shift, set a timer. Like, our phones are on us all the time, right? And we have timers on our phone. So, like, set your, your stopwatch or your timer or whatever and time how long it's actually taking to get through that pile of dishes in the sink. Because when you see the actual time commitment, it totally changes your approach to the chore. So after a while, you're going to be like, yeah, actually, it only takes me seven literal minutes to deal with the pile of dishes in the sink. And the next time you look at the pile and you go, oh my God, I don't feel like dealing. The, 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 that's, that's the devil on your shoulder, right? The angel on your shoulder is going to be like, um, it's going to take seven minutes 
you take the seven minutes and deal with it. Okay. So that, that's one of the ways that you start convincing yourself, right? Cause I can't, I can't be beside you saying, oh, it's only gonna take seven minutes. Just take care of it. But basically what you need is you need a Jolie. So just imagine that it's like, it's not an angel. It's Jolie on your shoulder being like, oh, but it's only gonna take seven minutes. You can totally handle this. The other thing about just, just dealing with it is then it's done, right? So you could spend seven minutes doing the dishes or you could spend the next three hours staring despondently at the pile of dishes. If you had just done the dishes, the dishes would have been done two hours and 53 minutes ago because it's only going to take you seven minutes. So there you go. Speaking of just doing it, let me share one of my personal mantras with you. There are certainly things in my life that I'm not particularly fond of doing. When I have to do one of them and I'm puttering about the house, finding any, anything to do other than this one thing that I'm supposed to do, I tell myself, J-F-D-I. And J-F-D-I stands for just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Then it's done and over with. It sounds incredibly facile. It works so well. I have, I have JFDI'd thank you notes. I have JFDI'd going to the gym. I have JFDI'd refinishing my floors. I have done it over and over and over again. It really works. Take it, run with it, pass it on to your friends. JFDI it really works. Um, okay, another, another little mental gymnastics tip. Consider why you're doing something, right? Are you doing it for, for you? Are you doing it because you are going to get something out of it? Are you doing it because it's going to be a weight off your mind? Remind yourself of the reward that comes. The thing is with cleaning when we're adults is that we're actually doing it for ourselves. We're not, we're not doing it because our mom is nagging at us. And it's very natural for us to sort of approach our chores as if we're still a petulant middle schooler who's being told you have to do this. But actually, you're not being told you have to do it. The only person telling you to do it is you. So you're doing it for yourself. A lot of times just adjusting your attitude, which is like, ugh, that sounds really like gross and marmy, school marmy to say, and I don't like that at all. But it is true that sometimes just adjusting your attitude can really change your approach to things. So, um, you know, Katie, Katie wants to be a clean person, right? That's for her. So she can do it. Just got to change her attitude a little bit. Okay. Similar or related to that, remind yourself of the end goal. Basically, just remind yourself that you'll be glad that it's done. It's not so much that you're going to love the doing of it. Listen, I don't love doing dishes, you guys. But I do like, at the end of the night, seeing an empty sink. I do very much like waking up in the morning and not having dirty dishes looking at me, which from time to time I do. Sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to bed. And And I do. I leave it. Um, sometimes a pan has to soak overnight. That's life. But I really prefer when I wake up in the morning and, and pad out to my kitchen to make my coffee 
to be greeted with an empty sink. I prefer that. So remind yourself of the end goal. Um, the similar thing with bed making. It's not so much that it was the actual process of the making the bed is so rewarding. It's the coming home to the made bed in the evening or getting into the made bed in the evening um, that is the reward in it. Um, okay, one last thing before I get into an actual specific suggested, gently suggested, mere suggestions cleaning schedule. Um, Make it better by adding something positive to the mix. So now I, for a long time, I've, I've resisted comparing cleaning to going to the gym because I felt like there was maybe some underlying gender thing going on there where I was equating cleaning to, to wanting to be thin. And maybe that was like, they were like women things. And I've decided I'm not going to worry about that anymore because I actually... Cleaning and going to the gym are really, really similar in a lot of ways. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not worry about it. If you're worried about it and you want to talk to me about feminism and why I shouldn't make that comparison, I will listen for sure. Be, be polite, but I'll listen because um, I still feel a little uneasy about it. But here is why I think in this particular case it is a very good comparison. I, and it's because it's a personal thing. I don't necessarily love going to the gym once I'm there I'm I'm good with it for the most part uh I very much appreciate the benefits of going so like all those things that I just went through about how to become a clean person are things that I've gone through in my quest to become a gym person which I am um but here is the biggest the, the the biggest secret to my gym success is that I look forward to going because it's when I listen to my favorite podcast. Uh, my favorite podcast is called Watch What Crappens, and all of you should listen to it because the hosts are great. And if you love Bravo and all of those TV shows and the Real Housewives that I love, you will find it very funny. Anyway, I don't let myself listen to Watch What Crappens any time other than at the gym. Because that builds in a reward for me. So it means that I look forward to going to the gym, not because I'm so excited to get on that treadmill or so excited to do those planks, but because I'm so excited to listen to Watch What Crappens. So do something similar for yourself if you can when it comes to your, your cleaning chore. Put on, put on music, listen to a podcast, say maybe, maybe you love taking bubble baths, clean your whole bathroom. And then take a bubble bath. Add a reward into it. That's going to make things a little bit better. Um, all right. So let's talk about some specifics of how to make a chore schedule. I want to preface this all by saying that none of you should take any of this as gospel. Everybody has a different schedule, different cleaning needs, different cleaning styles, different a different number of helping hands. Um, you should adjust all of this. This is these are these are uh, guidelines. This is a framework you should adjust to your own needs. And please do not think that I'm, that I'm dictating anything to or at you because that's, that's not my jam, right? This is, this is free to be you and me time over here. Okay, so you, to, in order to make a chore schedule, the first thing you need to know is what your chores are. Your chores, if you live in a house in Tampa, Florida are going to be very different from my chores in my apartment in Manhattan. 
just they're just gonna look the lists are gonna look different your your floors are probably different from mine you probably have way more space than I have you probably have your own washer and dryer and I'm probably going to crawl under the table and start crying now because all I want in life is my own washer and dryer one day I'll get there. Um, so yeah, you need to know what your specific chores are. And the best way to know what your chores are is to make a list. I would suggest literally walking around your house, either with your, your phone or your tablet, if you prefer being electronic, or a pad and a, and, a, and a pen, if you prefer writing longhand. I prefer writing longhand. And just literally go room to room and write down all of the cleaning tasks that need to happen in that room. Don't worry about how often those tasks need to take place. There are some things that happen annually, and there are some things that happen daily. Don't worry about the time. Just write down the things that need to happen. Then sit down with your list and figure out how often those things need to happen. So that's the point at which you can say, okay, you know, making the bed happens daily. Changing the sheets happens weekly. Rotating the mattress happens annually just to, to give you an example. Um, with that said, I'm going to give you a sample schedule that I created many years ago. You can find this online. Um, if you Google Jolie Care, the basics, the, the post will come up with all of this. So if you want to revisit the written, written version of this, go for it. Um, that's on the hairpin. This, this, uh, this is a really old one. Um, and I was definitely excited to revisit this topic because I haven't talked about it in a long time. Um, and I'm also, I'm also really glad Dave isn't here for this because he would go ape on me if he heard this schedule. He would just, he would just, he would walk out, he would storm out in a fury. Um, but again, just a reminder, these are guidelines. Um, and I think I said in the post that I, so I did, I broke everything down into, um, it, I went room by room for like the four main rooms of the house, the bedroom the living room, the bathroom, the kitchen. I gave two daily tasks and two weekly tasks. And like these are things that if you if you just did if you just did this, your house would always be clean. And it's not a tremendous amount of effort. But if you listen to this and you're like, oh no, 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 there's no way, you can also just move the time frame out. So like if if there are daily things that you're just like, no, I'm not going to make my bed every day, just take that out. If there are things that I'm saying maybe do weekly, but you're like, no, that's not realistic, just do them every other week. So that's what I mean by this is a framework. Okay, enough preamble, Jolie. Just tell the people what the schedule is and stop apologizing for it. All right. In the bedroom, I would suggest that every day you make your bed and you put your clothes either in the hamper or away. Now, I'm going to guess that of all of the things that I'm going to suggest to you, that second one, the putting the clothes in the hamper or away is going to pose the biggest challenge to most people, and I understand that. If we can split the difference, I would ask, please just put the dirty clothes in the hamper. It doesn't take any extra effort to take your underpants off and put them in the hamper versus putting them on the floor. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. Don't have dirty underpants on the floor. There's my request. Okay, moving along to the weekly things in the bedroom. Change the sheets. So Katie didn't want to tell me how often she's changing her sheets, and, but I can guess. 
I'm 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 guessing it's more than quarterly because she said that she was cleaning what was it the bathroom that was cleaned quarterly? Yeah, cleaning the bathroom quarterly. She's cleaning the bathroom once every three months. That's amazing. Uh, and and wouldn't tell me how often she was changing the sheets. So I, I think, Katie, asking you to try to change the sheets once a week from where you are now is probably going to be unrealistic. Let's aim for once every other week to once a month. All right. I, I, I would prefer once every other week, but once a month is okay. I have a, a sheet washing scale that that I should go through at some point. Well, we'll go through that in March when we do the bed making month. But um, but basically, like once a week is ideal. Once every other week is to- is totally fine. Totally, totally fine. Once a month is like it's it's okay. But it's you're 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 bordering on dicey, especially if there are two people sleeping in it. So, uh, Katie, try just try to sh- change the sheets more regularly. Let's say let's say once a month for you. How about that? Yeah. Um, okay, so change the sheets and then d- dust and tidy surfaces. Here's the thing about if you if you dust and tidy frequently, it's like no thing. If you don't dust for six months, it's going to become a huge endeavor because you're going to have to take everything off of the surface. You're going to have to do quite a bit of dusting. It's going to be really gross. You're going to feel bad. Uh, then you're going to have to dust all of the things. And that's like a whole process. If you actually just go through once a week with a feather duster, you don't even have to move anything. It was dust. That's what I do. Um, and then, you know, once once a month I do a deep, I took everything off and I, I get the dusting cloth out and I do the whole blah, blah, blah. But my weekly bedroom thing is change the sheets, get the feather duster out and dust the surfaces. And I, and I have my, because I'm a crazy person. I have mirrored bedside tables. No one who is as compulsive as I am and who has such a keen eye for detail should ever have mirrored anything furniture. But I have bedside tables, so I'm windexing those things constantly. Okay, but that's me. That's not you. You would not make such foolish furniture choices. Um, I do love them, though. They're pretty. Uh, All right, in the living room, every day, remove dirty dishes and glasses to the kitchen sink or the dishwasher. So it is very, very, very easy to leave behind a plate, a cereal bowl, a glass of wine, whatever, in the living room. Don't do that. Get in the habit of busting everything at the end of the day before, before bedtime. Either, either leave it in the kitchen sink to be washed or put it right in the dishwasher. Um, and this is a small thing. You, you're probably all going to laugh at me and be like, oh, Julie, you're just being silly. Blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. Go ahead and laugh at me. Um, but it does make a difference. Straighten the cushions and the, and the blankets in the living room. So, like, you know, you have your little, like, throw blanket that you, that you put over your legs when you're watching beaches and crying. Um, and you have little decorative throw pillows. Like, if you just kind of, like, put, set those to right every day, First of all, it becomes such a rote habit. You won't even notice that you're doing it. And it's just going to make everything look really tidy. Um, and it's and it's actually going to be better, especially for cushions. Like cushions will lose their loft if you just like leave them smushed for too long. So that, it's, it's an easy, easy way to straighten up, basically. Um, and then weekly in the living room, just like with the bedroom, d- tidy and dust the surfaces, right? So the coffee table, the bookshelf, the console where you have the tv all that kind of stuff it's just magnets for dust but if you just keep keep in a, keep on it regularly you'll be a-okay um and then deal with the floors um either vacuum or sweep 
Katie asked about the order of operations and actually this that little task that little weekly you know tidying and dusting and then vacuum and sleeping sweeping not sleeping um speaks to the order of operations very well almost always with cleaning you want to work from the top down um and this is a perfect example of why if you dust off um side tables the dust is probably going to travel downward onto the floor so if you had vacuumed first you might have to go back and vacuum again so work from the top down in the kitchen daily this can be no surprise do the dishes do the dishes, right? Even even the biggest pile of dishes is not going to take that long. So just deal with them. It's also a lot easier to wash three dishes than it is to wash 10 dishes. So it is a very good idea just to get in the habit of dealing with the dishes as they as they start piling up. Do, do smaller loads more frequently and it will feel less gruesome. Um, and then also daily, it's a good idea to wipe your work, work surfaces down. This, this depends a lot on how often and in what way you're using your kitchen. Um, but it's a pretty good idea to, to wipe your countertops off after you've, you know, cooked food, served food off them. Um, that will just make life much easier for you. Weekly kitchen chores. This is actually, oh, this is one of my favorite ones. This is going to make your life so much better if you do it. Um, check your refrigerator for old or spoiled food. Remove it, put it in the trash, and then take the trash out. So most people empty their kitchen trash once a week. I think that's probably normal. If it's not, let me know. Um, that's about what schedule I'm on. Um, so before you take the trash out, go ahead and look in the fridge and take out anything that needs to go. That's going to prevent the horrible, like, liquefied head of lettuce in the crisper drawer phenomenon from occurring. It's going to help with the uh, science experiment leftovers that are lurking in the back of the refrigerator phenomenon that happens. That's a great habit to get into. When you're grabbing the kitchen trash... Also a great idea to walk to all of the other rooms, the bathroom, the bedroom, wherever you have a waste paper basket and empty that trash all at once. So just trash is just one, one big operation that involves peeking in the refrigerator, dealing with the waste paper basket in the bedroom, dealing with the trash can in the bathroom. And that way, it's just, it's just all one chore and you're taking care of it. Um, and then the last one for the kitchen is to wipe all your surfaces, so your countertops, your stovetop, your fridge exterior. Remember that you're touching your refrigerator door constantly, and you're touching it with your bacteria hands that have just touched raw chicken. So your refrigerator door is just festering. So don't forget to wipe that one down. Also, um, sw light switches in the kitchen, same kind of thing. Um, and the faucets on your sink, because you're constantly touching those, those are all hot spots to be wiping down weekly with an all-purpose cleaner in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, also, by at this point, none of this sounds too bad, right? Like, wi wiping countertops? We can all manage this. this. None of this is deep cleaning. This isn't scrubbing. This isn't the marathon that Katie and her boyfriend are putting themselves through every three months because they haven't done these like little things every week right okay so bathroom every day hang your wet towels your robes put dirty clothes in the hamper 
Don't leave things lying around on the floor, especially wet towels, because if you do, you're going to end up with the problem that Linda, I almost forgot her name, Linda had, our first question asker, you're going to end up with those those stinky, mildew, sour-smelling towels, and we don't want that. So hang, hang those things up. Don't leave, dirty, don't leave dirty underpants on the bathroom floor, for crying out loud. You know better than that. Um, hang your robes up, all of that good stuff. Another one, this, this surprises people, um, and I think it's so impactful, is to wipe the sink area every day. So the sink takes a crazy beating, right? Men are shaving and leaving their whiskers in there. We're all brushing our fangs and leaving toothpaste spittle behind. Women are putting makeup on. I mean, you guys, my my makeup makes such a mess. My hair products like leave a sticky film on my sink every time I use them. It's so gross. Um, so I, I live this, I wipe, I actually wipe my sink down probably like 90 times a day because I'm a crazy person, but I actually, I just leave a microfiber sponge right on my sink counter. I have three of them. I swap them out every other day and I wash them once a week. So it's so ritualized. <laughs> I don't even think about this. And I just grab the I just grab the sponge and I just wipe. I don't use cleaning products or anything like that. You don't don't you don't need to use paper towel. I mean, you can use paper towels if you want, but that's wasteful. Um, I just wipe off and it and it keeps my sink looking clean in between my weekly bathroom cleanings, which leads me to the weekly bathroom clean. Now, this might sound like a lot, but actually, because you're doing regular cleaning once a week, this is probably like a 20-minute endeavor, and there's not going to be a lot of scrubbing. This isn't the marathon um, that poor Katie is putting herself through, trying to scrub away, you know, three months worth of dried toothpaste and mold in the grout and soap scum on the glass shower doors and all that stuff like build cleaning buildup is what's going to take time and elbow grease and it's going to be gross oh if you do it regularly you're never going to have buildup it's not going to be gross it's going to go really fast so with all that said weekly in the bathroom you should be cleaning the toilet cleaning the sink cleaning the tub wiping mirrors and countertops and either sweeping or mopping the floors depending on what type of flooring you have and and what method you choose now I know a lot of you are going to be like Jolie that's crazy and I'm not cleaning the bathroom once a week that's fine do it every other week not going to do it every other week fine do it once a month the thing is about what I just ran through is that you can adjust the chore timeline you can make it tighter you can make it broader depending on your schedule You can also adjust it based on life, right? So we just finished the holidays, which are extra, extra busy. And our schedules tend to get disrupted. And so there are probably certain times of the year when you just say, you know what? The bathroom isn't going to get cleaned once a week in December because I have to do the holiday shopping and I have to do the cooking and I have to travel to see my parents and all of that kind of stuff. And that's fine. That's fine. Adjust. This is your life. Um, so I hope that that was a, a helpful framework. Um, I realize I have also gone very, very long on this Dave Free episode, and I'm certainly quite tired of hearing myself talk. So this is a good time for me to sign off, and that'll do it for this episode of Ask a Clean Person, the, fo- the podcast, episode number 50, the first one that Jolie did all by herself. I'm very proud of myself for making it through. This did feel very awkward. I hope it didn't feel awkward for you, however. 
If you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash person and selecting one of the amazing rewards we're offering to our listeners. We would also love it if you would subscribe on Acast or iTunes, leave a rating, and tell your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so much. And of course, thanks to you for joining me for another episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Happy New Year's, guys! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>